0: Welcome to The Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hey guys,
1: Virginia Franco here. I am so excited to have with me today, Bill Brand New author Vince Thompson. He is the founder, chairman, and CEO of Melt, a U.S. sports marketing and branding agency. Um, He is, as I mentioned earlier, the author of Build Brand New. Um, And as an award-winning brand builder and sports marketer, he has worked on brand strategies for well-known brands from Coca-Cola to Athlete. He was named one of Atlanta Business Chronicle's most admired CEOs amongst the 500 most influential Atlantans by Atlanta Magazine. The American Diabetes Association's Father of the Year and one of Sports Business Journal's Power Players. And lastly, he was uh, named by BizBash as one of the top thousand people in the event industry. Um, Vince, we're here mostly to talk about your book, but I am, could not be more delighted to have you here. So welcome.
0: Well, thank you, Virginia, and um, greetings from Atlanta. And It's always an honor. Uh, and a privilege to be able to um, talk to industry leaders such as yourself and share whatever advice I may have to help.
1: Yeah, so I'm in Charlotte, not too far from you, but um, my audience is really around the world, um, but mostly uh, mostly job seekers. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love you know you heard my very brief bio, but I would love to hear if you could give me just a quick overview of what you do, how you came to the role, and and what prompted you to write your book.
0: Yeah, I um. I've just, I've had a very blessed life. I, uh, I grew up in very rural lower Alabama and had what I describe as a maybe Mayberry-esque, um, uh, childhood. If, uh, your listeners know Andy Griffith, then yeah. I'm just a small <laughs> town with one red light. My dad was the mayor. He had a grocery store. Uh, but I just, um, I loved to play sports. I love to watch sports. And then, um, I, uh, loved to write back in the day you could write your sports heroes and that was the time when they would actually respond to you via the mail with autographs and things. and so unwittingly it was crafting you know my career and my love, you know even at eight to ten years of age. And then when I went to Auburn University, the biggest place I had ever been, I was completely overwhelmed by the number of people and I figured out there was kind of a cast system there immediately so struck a chord that like you know, hey, Uh, I'm gonna have to outwork them and outthink them and uh, out hustle. Fortuitously, my first journalism class because I just went to be a sports writer, and I was gonna go to you know move to Mobile, Alabama, and be a sports reporter. And and you
1: had your path all mapped out, sounds like. Yeah,
0: well, well, yeah, Uh. yeah, yeah, well, you know, people plan and God laughs, right? But but um, (laughs) but but then I had a fortuitous encounter with um, uh, the guest instructor in my first J class was the head of sports publicity and he talked about Bo Jackson and Charles Barkley and all these, uh, the sideline and the press box. And I said, you know, Hey, I gotta be there. And after class, I, you know, instead of packing up my, my, uh, satchel and going to lunch, I went up to him after class and said, Hey, I want to, I want to volunteer. And he said, come over this afternoon. And that started, uh, you know, this amazing 40 year, uh, path, which, um, you know, led me to, I had a great career in Birmingham for 15 years, had an entrepreneurial scratch, wanted to dive into the deep end, uh, moved over to Atlanta, sight unseen, didn't know a soul with a newborn and started oh melt. Goodness. And um, because I thought my ideas and hustle were better than most. And so um, had an amazing 21-year run. We have represented Coca-Cola for 21 years, but my passion um, is to help uh, others in the uh, inspiration, uh, aspiration, employment uh, areas, uh, you know, just based on what I've been through and what I've had to sacrifice and compromise, uh, if I can help make anybody's life, you know, easier in the professional environment, then um, then that's a good day for me.
1: So, in terms of helping others, I mean, you've said a couple of times, you know, the need to, to out hustle and outperform. And is that sort of what you see as this next mission to help others figure out the best way to do
0: that? Yeah, I mean, coming out of a COVID or post-COVID world, you know, it. You know, hopefully we get to the other side of it. I'm starting to see a few green
1: yeah.
0: shoots along the way. Um, I, I think there's never going to be a return to the quote-unquote normal. I'm not sure what the quote-unquote new normal will be, but I view this as a golden... Age almost a renaissance of for many many years where there's going to be amazing new opportunities for um, employees because everybody's consumption habits and everybody's way of thinking and doing business literally shifted overnight.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're right. It flipped flipped what we the traditional on its head.
0: I mean, literally overnight, because like. I'm kind of known for bringing in crazy ideas and crazy thinking. And I would get thrown out of boardrooms uh, frequently. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm getting calls back and saying, you know, hey, maybe that wasn't such a bad idea. And so everybody is rethinking uh, and reshifting. And, and, and literally, so I think that uh, the landscape now is completely horizontal. And we were all born on the same day in a, you know a, a COVID era. Uh, so Everyone
1: sort of starting with a clean slate.
0: Yeah, and how many and then, times in your life can you do that?
1: No, you're right, and um, I I love that mindset perspective of the, no, the there's going to be a new normal. We don't know what that's going to look like, and we're all we're all starting in this unknown space, right? Um, so, in terms of skills that people need for or whatever this new normal looks like? Like what what skills do you think people are going to be looking for?
0: Well, I think there's going to be a lot of intangibles. And I think it's going to be, and there's one litmus that I'm laying out for anybody I'm interviewing is, what did you do to improve yourself or others during COVID? So did you binge watch, binge drink, get under the bed? Or did you truly try to do something with your time to improve yourself professionally or personally? And then were you able to maybe translate that into helping others? And then be able to tell that story to a future employer to show them what you're made of and what you could become as as a potential employee for that organization. So I think it's going to be, obviously, you still have the traditional things, but I think you now have a chance to hit reset and tell a completely different story about who you are and the value that you bring to a situation, or organization. I know that I took advantage of that, and are still continue to take advantage of that to its fullest.
1: No, and I, you know, I um, when I interview clients, I, I am now asking them, "Tell me how you supported the company, your employees, your your customers during COVID." I agree with you. I think companies want to know how you can support them in good times and in bad. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think this is, or how how do you think this is different from how well, you might have talked about those things back when 2008 happened? Sort of a more minor, you know, seems, you know big recession at the time, but maybe minor compared to now.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I, and obviously I went through the recession in oh seven, oh eight, and 09, and it was, it was hard, but quote, I mean, and I'm not underplaying it because it was, it was brutal, but, but like, it was only an economic, uh, recession. And this is a global tsunami where, wow. you know, no handbook for a hundred year pandemic. Um, the entire planet got impacted, uh, Hundreds of thousands of lives were lost. I literally lost millions of dollars in revenue overnight, wow. um, and because I'm in the event business, and obviously, right, right. The news went away. We were one of the most devastated industries in the world, um, and so I mean, it was the you know, it was literally the old timey uh, needle on the record player in the uh, in the vinyl. It just scratched all the way across, and 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 again. It was, you know, it was so sudden and so abrupt and it impacted, you know, pretty much everybody in the world.
1: Yeah, and you're right. Even industries that were initially hard hit still had to transform.
0: So mm. no one escaped. Well, here, hey, here's another thing that you got to think about. I and mean, we got a triple whammy. Not only did we have a pandemic, we had civil unrest, social unrest, political unrest. Everybody. Was, was angry and consumed with, with, with something. And so, uh, and, and it was fascinating to see how my workforce managed through this and it almost split right down a generational line. The younger sure. generation who had never been in the tumble cycle versus those of us who have had life crises, whether it's, you know, divorces or taking care of aging parents or, you know, your children and those types of things sort of hunkered down a little bit more and harder than this younger generation. And I I actually think there's going to be a silver lining for the younger generation because literally overnight it went from a seller's market to a buyer's market for talent. People were job hopping like they were, you know, picking a fast food lunch for the day very difficult to, to manage this younger workforce, different set of priorities, and and uh, and I think now there's going to be a lot of you know you know empathy and humility inserted into the process because coming out of this in the entry level market, it's going to be a lot tougher to find the job because you got so many unemployed people willing to take a lesser job for a lesser salary. So I use the fishing analogy. It used to take 100 casts to get eight job bites to get two job leads. Now that's going to be 500. To get A. Yeah, to get I mean,
1: yeah, my my oldest son, he he actually was able to land a job um, before graduation. Thank the Lord. But he even said that um, the opportunities were much smaller. Um, the internships were hiring. Usually, it's intern straight to job kind of situation, and they were whittling things down. Um, yeah. But you're right. This group had really never experienced. The generation a um, turbulent event, and boy, what a turbulent event or set of events to hit them all
0: at once. No, and I think it's going to wind up like I said. It's tough, and I'm not underplaying that. But but you know, there was always certain uh, a sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm doing you a favor by working for you, and then they you know go you know, benchmark and have a bad day with their boss, and go get another job in two or three months without regard to replacement costs and the commitment that we've made to that. And uh, those those jobs just aren't out there anymore. And so I think it's also, um, you know, um, everybody's going to kind of have to work harder for that opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I mean, yeah. I literally was making the first hires that I've made in, in 12 months last week uh, on an entry-level job. And still the person was trying to negotiate their terms. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. Getting, I a thousand yeah. applications <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I rejected the, I rejected the offer because I'm like, well, I like to think that you marry like you date. And if there's a red flag waving by the ocean, don't go in there because the undertow is going to suck you in. And I just said, you know, look, and their, their response was what well, I was always told at college that I needed to negotiate. And I said, well, there's two things. First of all, these are people who have never met a payroll trying to tell you this. And secondly, this is a hundred year pandemic and you didn't have any negotiation room and, and you should have kind of sought somebody out that had a little experience in common sense. So again, you're going to hear these stories, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because that individual will never forget. Uh, That's that
1: right. Yeah. yeah. I think this has given a lot of people a whole lot of humility, um, entry level or not. Um, that, well, I, know, I, I know it
0: has for, I know it has for I me. Exactly. <laughs> Waking careful, up
1: every day. Because you might be wish- missing it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, the that we're going to need new skills. Then um, we talked about some soft skills that we're going to need. Mm-hmm. You feel know, like, you know, what's the best way for people to go about learning them? Um It's not too late to learn, even as we're hopefully in the end days of this pandemic. But what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think two or three things. I think one, I think you now have a chance to really kind of step back and, you know, and see what you're passionate about, whether it's planting tomatoes or cooking or, uh, you know, delivering meals on wheels. And so think about some things that you are passionate about and think about that list that you always keep that says, you know, I am going to get around to this one day. But obviously, we're, we've all, we're all on such a giant hamster wheel. Uh, and then, you know, uh, just take that first step. Don't be intimidated by um, the technology and the tools. They're all out there. They're really, you know, you know, easy to use or easy to learn and easy to understand. And then just think about, you know, practicing that passion and packaging that passion uh, and sharing that passion. And here's my point, though, because you're building your brand story. So when then you're reaching out for an employment opportunity, you may say, "Hey, look! Prior to the pandemic, I was, you know, X, Y, and Z, and and I decided to use some of this time to pursue and practice my passion. And I packaged my passion, and here were the results of this passion. And so these these tangibles can then translate um, into um, you know a job. I got I got a resume today from a from a individual who you know, sold um, ticket packages for all the Atlanta professional teams. But they broke it down and told me that, you know, how they were trying to do it in a distressed environment during the pandemic, how some of these tactics and and and, um, and skills could translate into helping my business. So they made an illustration of their, their tough times, then they translated that into my business, and then they they showed how they could bring value to that business, but they were and in the intangible world. They were also showing me the type of thinking that they would bring to my business, yeah. not just, hey, I work for a pro team and it's a really crummy job because there's not tickets to sell right now. So think about the difference in the positioning and packaging of how they and then they sought me out. Then they found my email. Then they knew all about my business. They knew about that distress. So then they were showing me that they had studied me and they had prepped to send this. So that's an overlay of intangible that translates into tangible value add to a need state to a distressed organization. Those are the job seekers that are going to break through.
1: So, and to your point, then, even if your passion, I don't know, you, you, you mentioned the tomato picket. So let's say you always wanted to be a tomato packager or whatever, grow your own tomatoes. How you package that story and this, you know, if you could show the story and show it's, the the skills that you acquired, the skills that you took, that it took to do it and translate into that, into the business you are targeting. Even if the outcome or the, the the passion that you pursued really doesn't have anything to do with what you're targeting.
0: Right. And it
1: still, still can.
0: Right. Exactly. And then, and then think about that. Think about how your love of growing tomatoes, could translate into other industries that you may never have thought about. How about the food service industry? How about the grocery right. industry? How about the home improvement industry? So, you know, then you have a different story to tell and a different skill set and different set of outcomes and results than, than you would have had less than 12 months ago or 12 months ago. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, Nobody I ever thinking this way. Well, I
1: mean, I feel like a lot of, people and maybe just cuz I work with a lot of people come to me because they're just fed up with their jobs but i do feel like there have been always people that try to do stuff for free explore stuff on the side and use that to make a pivot but i'm definitely seeing that that mindset is catching on right um in part cuz there's technology now that lets you learn things in a way you couldn't before um and because people had more time on their hands to actually try it. I've definitely seen an increase in people saying, you know what, this has taught me that I, I want to try to do something different. I'm, I'm sick of waiting. Um, so I agree. Well, I, I feel like give, the micro is always there, but it's more
0: widespread now. Virginia, I'll give you a perfect example I'll use myself. So if you were to look at me from the outside, you're like, hey, this is this great, big, successful, award-winning guy. and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I was running a very large business that basically sucked all the life and energy out of me. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a creative guy. I'm a visionary. I'm a relationship guy. I'm an idea guy. And I had this gnawing in me over time that I'm like, there's other things that I want to do uh, with myself. But, you know, when you're on this giant hamster wheel, you just yeah. can't get So when this hit, I made a list of things that I wanted to do. Now, everybody was thinking this was going to be over around Memorial Day. Remember, flatten the curve? Oh, gosh, I
1: thought six weeks when it first hit, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then and then as it drug into the summer, you're like, oh, my God, I, you know, I've, yeah. got to, I've got to, you know, we use the word pivot, but that's really what it was. And so I had always wanted to take, I had a hugely successful intern program based on my desire of, of lecturing at colleges and helping kids understand how to get the first job. And so, I, I, but I, so we had 40 kids coming in out of 500 applications and 50 speakers in every summer, but I'd always wanted to take it virtual. So this stuff hits the fan. These kids started reaching out left and right. And they're like, please help. And I'm like, all right, what the heck? Um, I'm going to take it virtual. But here was my strategy. Not only was goodwill good business, mm-hmm. I was able to reach thousands of people. I was able to start a professional podcast series where even if I had been calling on people uh, as a potential client and I couldn't get them on the phone, when I reached out to them and said, Give me at CEO level, give me 30 minutes of your time to help thousands of kids during a pandemic and share your career wisdom and advice. Nobody told me no. Then, so we started building this audience and then we kept a positive forward face in an industry that's been decimated. And then, we had been known as a, as a great event marketing agency, but we did a lot of other great things that I couldn't convince anybody that we did, like produce content and build media platforms. So then I'm like, well, I'm going to build my own and show the world that I'm a great event marketer, great idea guy, and I created my own media company. So now that I go out and I've completely repositioned the business and it allowed me to, to um, create some some work for employees that otherwise I was going to have to lay off because I didn't have anything for them to do.
1: Win-win for everybody.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that was, and that was my strategy. And I'm like, well, I've never recorded a podcast, but, you know, I'll figure this out. And then, then I'm like, well, I've never had a YouTube channel, so we'll figure this out. And then, you know, I clicked on a, link in a newsletter that said, if you've ever wanted to write the book you've ever wanted to write, you got the time to do it now. And I found this wonderful boutique publishing house in Charleston. And, but I didn't want it to be some, you know, ego book. I actually wanted it to be practical advice that from a timing perspective was even more relevant now than it even would have been a year ago. And so, uh, I've been able to achieve all those objectives and, um, Started my own sports business podcast, bought another sports podcast, and then started another agency. That when student athletes are going to be able to get paid endorsement money, um, I've got that ready to go in July. And you know, otherwise, I never would have had any time to do any of this running the yeah. boys.
1: Well, and what I love about what you're saying, and you alluded to this earlier, is you didn't let the technology barrier stop you. Um, no, you didn't know how to write a book, but you found someone who could help you. You didn't know how to. Launch a YouTube channel, but you didn't let that stop you. Um, I, I sort of, I've always felt like I'd rather try start it and have my first efforts maybe not be as polished and learn along the way, than wait until I become a master of the technology and then launch.
0: Well, what was that Nike? Ad? Bo what they're doing more than I? Yeah, do what was the Nike ad with Bo Jackson? Just do it, and exactly. and uh, uh, and and I wasn't. I wasn't looking to be an overnight success. I was, I, you know, because, I mean, you just don't, unless you're Lady Gaga or LeBron, you know, way LeBron in <laughs> a massive audience. But, but you know, you got to, you know, Gretzky says you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But I was just like, well, let's try something and then let's try something again. And, and we've had, you know, we've had fascinating. Well, the other thing that I did, I wanted to do with the podcast is I wanted to, to have these students in a virtual environment be able to network and build relationships with some of these executives that otherwise they never would have known we about We never it. had it's that great.
1: exposure. That's right. Yeah.
0: And we're getting success stories. And so really? hey, look,
1: uh-huh.
0: hey look, if I were if I touched one kid, then it was a it was a good day. But what if that and, and, and by the way, what if that kid's Parent was the CEO of a giant company, and all of a sudden they say, "Well, hey, who's this Vince Thompson guy? Maybe we ought to be working." You never yeah. know where this is going to go, and if no, you put you that don't. good, good down, and in, the technology
1: enables networking yeah. to happen on a much bigger scale.
0: Yeah, LinkedIn's the greatest okay. tool ever. Just history of man. For oh my networking. god, the greatest database.
1: But and I've always felt like, like let the technology be the place where the networking starts, but then you can take it to old-fashioned. Right. ways of talking then you can talk on the phone talk in person um but use these platforms to get conversations going
0: yeah the, st- the standards don't don't go away of how you reach out and you have conversations and things but the tools um have definitely the techniques may not have changed but the tools definitely yeah. i mean
1: maybe the younger generation will have an advantage with that because I'm you know they're they're left afraid of touching buttons and they're, never, they're not afraid that things are going to blow up if they
0: try to play with them. Well, that's why I think it's going to be a golden age for them. I mean, I think they they, they are digital natives. Mm-hmm. And if you if you just use a, the sports business, you know, I, I, I interviewed the CIO of the NFL the other day and she said, I don't hire anybody with a sports marketing background. They're either statisticians, engineers, uh, coders, uh, technologists. Uh, we just happen to be in the sports business, and I was like. And then in interviewing, you know, you know there's mental health, there's fan safety and attendance, there's you know wagering, there's fantasy, there's esports. I mean, you know, in my industry, it's going to be a golden age. But you know, everybody's hand has been forced equally in this environment. Yeah.
1: Well. What advice would you have to someone who lost their job or really has to make a total career pivot, but is afraid afraid to try something
0: new? So it doesn't um, it's it's uh, it, you know we're all in this together. Uh, understand that anybody that you're reaching out to um, hopefully has a degree of empathy. Uh, third, um, get back on the saddle. I mean, it is it is absolutely no overnight silver bullet. Bullet solution. It's literally it, just use me as an example. If you went to my LinkedIn, I've got twenty thousand followers. You could spend days mining that Rolodex. Uh, you could listen to the podcast and say, uh, you know, I heard you on Virginia, and a great job, Vince. And I'd love to connect with you, and those types of things. The and, and we're all sitting at home, so we all are in front of our screens twelve hours a day. Um, or well, whatever. And, 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 these opportunities, it's just, again, it's just a fishing expedition. At some point you're going to bite, but you got to have a story to tell. You can't just say, ah, uh, you know, think about that. Think about that gentleman that reached out to me today. He manufactured a story and he manufactured a story, uh, based on how he could add value to my business. He didn't go. The story the bait, right. For the fishing. Yeah, he drug it in front of me and I'm like, well, hey, maybe this guy's worth a look. If he'd have just said, well, I lost my job because there are no tickets to sell to the Atlanta Hawks or Atlanta United and I'm feeling sorry for myself. Okay. Or, or hey, here's the skills I've learned. Here's how I've been improving myself and and I've studied your company and what you do. And here's how I think I can add value um, to your organization long term as you take this pivot. Think about the juxtaposition. And hey, let me take one more, Virginia, and I know this is your pet peeve as well. You will not believe, we have a generic, and it's almost like a, a trick. We have a generic website that says Careers at Melt ATL. You will be shocked at the resumes I get that says to whom it may concern, here's my resume, I need to make X amount of dollars. You know what I do with that? I flush it. I don't even read I it. I don't even read it, yeah. yeah. It could be the, it could be the Pope. But as opposed to saying, you know, finding Vince's email, congrats on your success. I know your industry's been devastated. Here's who I am, and here's how I can bring value. It's a blind date. It's the job, this is not a job application. It's a job process. It's a job audition. And you've got you the time it takes to pass a billboard on the interstate to get Virginia or Vince Thompson's attention, or we're gone because there's so many people chasing us. I love that that uh
1: I'm
0: going to put it on a bumper sticker. It's a job audition, not a job process. No people uh, and-, and, and, and people uh, uh, they, they don't. I don't. I don't understand it. And like I said, it's my pet peeve with the younger generation. Like I'm like, you just spent two hundred thousand dollars on an education, and it's only as important as you're going to make it. That this is the effort that you're communicating to me that you would use as a potential employee. I'm mind boggled. It's it's beyond common sense.
1: Are you seeing that across you know, does that are you seeing that lack of initiative even in older older no. generations or no?
0: I'm telling you, it, it breaks down generationally because it it's life experiences and one of my pet peeves, and I think we're gonna see a whole rethinking of the traditional college education. They are getting they are getting uh, they are getting a great education academically. Yeah. So but, getting Spanish, but, but, Spanish, like, but Spanish almost kept me from graduating. And <laughs> I, I don't, I've never used Spanish, you know, because I don't know how to graduating. But yeah, I,
1: you're, you're, we, I feel like we need, and this is a whole other podcast discussion, we need like trade school for white collar jobs because the,
0: they don't know how to job search. They don't know how to sell themselves. It, it, Virginia, it is mind boggling. I, I mean, it is truly... Mind-boggling, and this is, not a, this is not a denigration on academia or the professors, but how can you get career development advice from somebody who's never had a job or met a payroll? It, 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 that, that's like me trying to tell somebody how to fly an airplane. Huh? I mean, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you know
1: what? A lot of parents don't know how to guide their kids either. So they're, they're relying on the universities to do it. That that ball is getting dropped. You're going to,
0: I'm telling you, you're going to see a massive rethinking of the, of the traditional college yeah. education.
1: No, that's and and you're right. I don't I don't think it happened in 2008 because the recession hit in such a different way. It didn't turn everything on its head.
0: No, I mean this. It was a financial and housing crisis created by mm-hmm. you know handful of people on Wall Street. This was a global pandemic that impacted yeah. four billion human beings, and yeah. and, um, and 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 again, there's no handbook for a hundred year pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. No. Because no, when the recession hit, when you, the recession hit, you knew you get to the other side. I mean, you know, This we're going and and, and by the way. We haven't even begun to impact the mental and psychological impact. We may not be able to measure this for years.
1: I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be a whole new generation before we know exactly how this all impacted us.
0: What if we never go back to offices? What happens?
1: Yeah. No, you're right. Um,
0: Virginia, tough running a virtual company. I'm telling you, it is, it is, you cannot replace that eye to eye contact and that hallway energy and the, you know, throwing a hundred yeah My hope is
1: that they're, we get some sort of hybrid. So there's definitely value in being able to recruit people from all over um, and having some flexibility, but especially in certain industries, you need that one-on-one in-person kind of stuff.
0: No, I think you're right. I think it will be ultimately a, a hybrid and we kind of moved to a hybrid. Like, you know, we're back in two days a week. We've got a core group that's filming a lot of television and YouTube and podcasts and you know spitballing and, and 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 all that kind of stuff. But uh, um, and, but the but uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how it does impact uh, the service industry. There are some great efficiencies. I don't miss getting on an airplane, flying all over the planet, and you know all those fancy dinners and all that stuff. Where you could just gotta do it, gotta yeah, a, yeah. There's got to um, be a little I bit. Thought-
1: I saw a survey, I can't remember who did it, but it was a survey that was they're talking about what people wanted to see when they when this when everyone gets double vaccinated. And something like 24% of the people that were interviewed said they would quit if their company didn't offer some sort of a virtual Opportunity. Like, I, you know, and I don't know what that looks like now because if we're in a position where beggars can't be choosers, you take what you can get. But right. I found that pretty telling.
0: I'd be willing to, I, I would be uh, fascinating to unpack that. And I would be willing to bet you that that breaks down by generational
1: generation. Lives. Yeah. I'll play yeah, if you give me
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, when the pandemic hit, I had a group of younger employees who literally checked out. Literally checked out, and then when I said, "Hey, I'm going to manufacture some work to justify paying you out of my pocket because I own this business 100," percent they didn't care. It was it was the, it was the strangest phenomenon. That I'll never be able to.
1: Well, what do you mean they didn't care? Like they didn't care if they lost their jobs? No. <laughs>
0: wow. I, I'm 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 a mind-boggling. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, and then they're like, "Well, I'm an event producer." You can't ask me to do something that's not in my job description. I'm like, excuse me, mm. literally. Well, that was just the beginning it. of the pandemic.
1: I wonder if they changed. Have they changed their tune
0: since? I know they. They have to have had because it, there's a small equation called 100 percent of nothing. <laughs> that that, that um, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and, and it's interesting because. Um, Coming back into the, the the to the other side of the, the other side of that, the standards are, are not just going to again, like I said, they're not going to flow just one way. I mean, employer, employee, employee, employer, um, you know, um, it's going to be a lot different. And I think a lot of you know, particularly younger people, had a very overinflated idea of their worth and value to an organization. And I think they're seeing the reality of that now.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder if this happened back in the after the nineteen twenty nine stock crash.
0: Hard to now, take to be I, so much more rural back then I don't I don't know I think everybody was starving to death in World War one I. I, I just I'm, I'm telling you it but here's the funny thing it seems to be the ages of 25 to 32 less than so I, I to see, I 18 I'm
1: sorry so you're talking a couple years into the workforce I'm not surprised to see, look at things have been really good for the last six seven years. So since they've been in the workforce, they've known nothing but keep on moving, keep on growing your income.
0: Well, not only that, it's the participation generation. Not everybody does not deserve to get a trophy. I learned more of my share of failing and, and losing and getting knocked down on the playground. And I know that's not, you know, politically correct now, but but you learn in trial and tribulation hell, everybody can be a hero when everything's good. And and uh, that's why I do think because I was really worried about that generation. I'm I'm less worried about now because they at least had a taste of the real world. That that, that,
1: and and I've read that the Gen Zers, so I don't know, they're a little younger. They were, they're old enough to remember how their parents got impacted by the recession. So they are right. They're less. They're more looking for longer-term um, security. Um, they're they're a little humbler in their vision than I think some of their older peers. So well, wow,
0: here's, th- here's the thing too. I mean, and, and, and again, like I said, don't mean to be so hard on them, but but like when you're young and single and free and you don't have these responsibilities, you're just going to be programmed to think a certain way because like, these people, um, didn't live to work. They, they worked to live. Mm-hmm. But when you get married and you have children and you have mortgages and you have aging parents, right. you're yeah, a limb, it's uh,
1: yourself.
0: Yeah. It's like going to the eye doctor and they're flipping these lens. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, this is a whole different, there's a whole mm-hmm. different game. <laughs> and so, um, uh, so I, but I, like I said, I do think overall, um, it, it's going to be, it's going to wind up being a long-term positive because this is the first time that this generation has been, has been tested by trial. But on the other side of this, and this is what I try to explain to him, I'm like, this can be a golden era for you because you are the most sophisticated consumer in the world. Yeah. Look at everybody's consumption. You, you don't go to shopping malls. Your food gets delivered at home. Your books get delivered at home. You're, you know, you you don't have cable television. You're watching the palm of your hand. You you I mean you 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 can put a video out there, and if it's the right video, like some you know guy on a you know skateboard drinking you know ocean spray, all of a sudden like you're a star and you got money coming in. So like like I do think so, but it, it's going to be interesting to see this the sophistication how it how that sophistication adjusts to the new world order of the job market. How it just how it forces the hand on the colleges on the things they need mm-hmm. to be doing now. Cause so many kids and families are saying, I'm not paying $50,000 a year to, to sh- be shut up in a dorm room and, and get yeah. A, yeah, a, yeah, a video mm-hmm. what's the point. And so, 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 and, and I, and I will tell you this, I will take a different look on potential employees now than I would have had 12 months ago, whether they're older or entry level, just based on what my need state is going to be now, not whether or not you made a four O at, at at school or or whatever. And I and I still and I go back to this this kid that pitched me today on a job coming out of a distressed industry. I was like, "No, well, this is good thinking. This is." So I send it to my people. I'm like, "Hey, I like the way this kid thinks. Call him up."
1: Well, he showed. Yeah, he showed his. He went above and beyond in showing his best, showing the potential value he could offer. Correct. What what principles? You know, we talk a lot about what's changed, um, but you alluded to the fact that you might start looking at some people a little differently. Um, what hiring kind of principles do you think have not changed? Going well, to be mean, well,
0: well, let's use the let's just use the whole. And again, I call it a process. Let's let's just walk through the process. Um, it's still, you know, Virginia is still old school. It's still elbow grease. Um, you know, there's no excuse not to research who Vince Thompson or Virginia Franco is. There's mm-hmm. no reason to, to structure your pitch to us uh, by hitting the lowest hanging fruit, which are emotional and ego cords. You're also showing that you're a prep. You're also you, you've done your prep. You're showing the value. Those are still old fashioned things. So whether you're showing up live in an office or virtual, you still got to bring the heat. You got to look folks in the eye. You, gotta, you, know, you don't have to have your Sunday best on, as we used to call it in the country, but you got to have a nice shirt on, have a nice backdrop. Um, let me tell you, I'll flush a, 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 a Zoom interview in a nanosecond if I see somebody glance down at their phone. I'm like, seriously, you, you worked your ass off to get me to this position and, and there's nothing more important than you glancing down at something on your phone? and get the dog out of the room and all these things. So how
1: you look, how you present, how you interview homework you've done to prepare for the interview. You're right. That doesn't go out of style, but maybe the format by which you're delivering it is different, but I agree with you that. And I've always felt like job search really hasn't fundamentally changed that much. It's just the platforms you use to research and, and now interview.
0: You just hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, 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 and, 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 uh, and this is what I tell people. I'm like, go, go research the great ones. You know, go look at the, how Bill Gates is positioned. Condi Rice, LeBron James, Lady Gaga, you know, Tim Cook. Um, you don't have to be at that level, but you can see the style of which they presented their brand out there. I studied the great companies, the Targets, the Nikes. the. you know, and, the now,
1: and now the research is and the prep to me is so much easier because you can... Practice interviewing, recording. You can practice with someone looking at, at the other end of the camera. You can. You don't have to do, I remember going to the library with those stupid books to prepare for an interview
0: oh with God. the card
1: catalogs, and they could. You could do everything. By, by the way,
0: think about this: we actually had to find the person and their physical mailing address, and then we had to write them a note and mail our resume.
1: And I, and I was trying to remember what, and I remember looking up these, getting these. Well, through so these catalogs in the library to get, e- not emails, to get addresses. that I don't remember what they were called. Um,
0: I don't remember either, but I think I, I, think I read a million of them.
1: I had, yeah, I mean, I'm flowered to essence the amount of hours and the amount of money I had to put on my copier card to be able to print up, to get all those names together. Um,
0: well, think about this. You, you, I had to do a resume on an IBM Selectric typewriter. Mm. Like and even would fortify that if you made a typo, you're like, Well, I can't put white out on this thing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and so so there is literally zero excuse. Zero to not be fully prepared to bring the heat in the acquisition of a job. Yeah, and, and, right. and 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 now and I just I go back to this example, I was so impressed that 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 young man took the time to position the, the way he had been dealt this bad hand of how it translate into a value proposition for my organization because here's the thing every dollar I spend and and I always monitor my dollars but you know in an industry that has been devastated every dollar I spend has got to be over scrutinized a thousand times and so I'm like all right if I'm going to pay this individual x amount of dollars I need to make dang dang sure I'm going to get this return so juxtapose it to the other young person who was trying to negotiate with me I'm like they're already going to come in from a position of entitlement. And nobody, she didn't bother to step back and go, well, let me, let me ask somebody that's wise now to try to, to hardball or negotiate. Now, then clearly I get an email after I rejected it going, I really didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that ship has sailed. And hopefully mm-hmm. they learned a lesson. And maybe I'm old school, but, uh, but you know, <laughs> that money was coming out of my pocket and yeah, uh, no,
1: sure. Well and, and I think your advice is really valuable for people that are older. A lot of a lot of my view listeners are um older Gen Xers and they're so you know, they get so intimidated by the fact that the technology has changed the landscape, but you know, to me the the work is the same. So much of the fundamentals haven't changed in terms of how you make a good impression. Um it's just you're using the technology to, to to learn and show your
0: skills. I still think it's less about the technology. I think you hit it nail on the head. I think it's still old school. And and and, and it's like, hey, you know, hey, you know, Mr. Thompson, our events, uh, you know, War Eagle, you went to Auburn. Congrats on your success. I realize that your industry has been devastated. I've admired how you have pivoted in the things that you do. Here's mm-hmm. how my similar experience in my career devastation and how I've how I've how I've I've gained these skills, I think can add value to your new age organization or the other new ventures that you're what
1: a doing. a great story. Good, think date. About Good it. date.
0: Of course I'm going Did to take it. you hire him? I'm trying to.
1: <laughs> what if he negotiates with
0: you? Um, I'll probably say beggars can't be choosy because let me just say <laughs> this. I'm taking on business right now that I never would have taken on a year ago because I'm just trying to put some gas back in the tank. Yeah, yeah, right. In because there's got to be a little humility in the process on both sides. I promise you, I'm yeah.
1: So, I mean, and i feel like 9-11, the recession, and now, you know, this, when I think about it, it, the similarity to all of these is it makes you, it disrupts your way of thinking. It makes you think about, Things, things where maybe i was closed off before I needed to consider um are there other other I there think, things I think this now?
0: is the biggest i think this is the biggest ever though because yeah. this has forced four billion people into thinking differently are you
1: still seeing people that are not thinking differently
0: oh yeah yeah oh yeah and and i'm telling you it's going to be a very hard time for them.
1: mm-hmm
0: Hard time. Yeah, I, mean, I think
1: I think to your point, the people that sort of embrace this as a an opportunity to look and do things a little differently, um, but bring us bring the stuff that was good about the old way, and sort of couple it with a, with the stuff that could be cool about about this new way. I think they are the people that are going to thrive.
0: I'm going to give you a saying that I live by that I think you will love. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Choose wisely.
1: Wait, change is inevitable. Say it
0: again. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Choose wisely. Oh, I like that. How did you shed your skin during COVID? I'm 58 years old. There's no reason an old dog should have been able to learn all these new tricks. But I told... Uh, those around me that I loved early on, I'm like, if I don't lose anybody I love, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened. to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm hearing yep. those silver linings too.
1: I am too. I am too. Absolutely. I'm the poster so, child. For it. So you now have a diff- business that looks completely different from what it started. You have launched a media company. You've got a book. What's next for you in 2021?
0: Um, well, the main thing though, is I want to, you know, I want to, I've been very blessed. So I just want to continue to tell people, I'm like, Hey, if you can dream it, you can do it. Look at this as a golden era of opportunity. It's been tough on everybody. Trust me. Um, secondly, um, I'm looking forward, uh, to, um, being able to continue to, uh, push new and big ideas into the industry, into the marketplace of which I occupy. Um, there is the first virgin business opportunity in college athletics in 50 years, long overdue. Uh, the student athletes are going to be able to get paid for their endorsements and their name, image, and likeness. I've been around student athletes for 40 years and I've been a massive advocate for this for 40 years. Hmm. Uh, I know, I know and this is a it,
1: controversial topic, so I won't, <laughs> I won't jump into that. But
0: Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm way passionate on the other end of the spectrum of, Gus Malzon can get twenty one million dollars out of my alma mater to fail as the Auburn head coach. Why yeah, can't right. the kids get a couple of dollars? That's but you're right. I like
1: that you. you're using this as an opportunity to, to disrupt the industry that especially industries where disruption
0: happens so slowly. Well, look at this. The um, um, it, uh, I'm, my focus is on what I call the non-revenue athletes because they work as hard as the revenue athletes. Hard, yeah. And I think I'm going to focus on them. The student athletes make the best hires. I think there are, are, are tens of millions of dollars in new money that can come in. What if what if uh, Kimberly Clark has a female product they want to promote to 200,000 student athletes and I drop the money into the, the Auburn equestrian or gymnastics team that money never existed. Then, yeah. what if I can create career paths for these young ladies and and uh, and, and and double diversity hiring in business and sports yeah. in five years through this pipeline? So I I, I could care are less. You right? need the
1: opportunity to be social influencers. I mean, people, kids are making money right now anyway. Be social influencers all over Instagram and TikTok and all that. My son
0: so. can get paid. He's a sophomore in Georgia. Why can't the the young lady that's the gymnast?
1: No, you're right. My daughter got a free prom dress because she had enough followers back when she was in high school. But you're right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I'm very passionate about it. Uh, and uh, it's going to, by the way, it's happening. It's happening in Florida on July the 1st. There is a massive case before the Supreme Court. There is uh, There are multiple bills um, in, in in Congress. And with a democratically controlled Congress, they're going to be more liberal leaning toward the student-athletes and may have the Republican control with mm-hmm. the NCAA. Do you realize this coming up three weeks in March, the NCAA will get a billion dollars in revenue and they're sitting in this giant Taj Mahal in Indianapolis and none of those guys have ever, or people have ever met a payroll or understand the plight of these kids? Oh, wow. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, no
1: kidding. Well, Vince, thank you so much for sharing. You have given me a lot. Number one, you've given me a lot of... um Of uh, mottos that I'm going to type up and put all over my walls. I love it. Thank you. Um, but just really, really great advice. Good, good, good mindset shifting stuff.
0: Well, I'm always honored and flattered that somebody would want to have me on, and and you know, particularly you, and and um, you know, if I if we're able to reach and impact, you know, one person, then you know that was a you know it was a good day because you just. Never know if you put that good karma and goodwill and positive energy out in the universe, it's going to come back to you in some form yeah. one day in an unexpected way.
1: I agree, and I think uh, to your point, this is this was a golden opportunity we didn't know we needed, but it I don't think it could end up being a really good thing.
0: Well, I've walked every day in uh, this local park, Chestnut Park, and observed the beauty of four changing seasons. And I'm like, well has it always been this pretty or right. just you never get to be outside
1: time? now. It's true.
0: Yeah. And so uh those little silver linings, you know, like I said, this is I'm not downplaying. I mean, this has been brutal. Um and a lot of faith and a lot of prayer. And um, but you know, you don't drive a car through the rearview mirror, you drive it through the windshield. So you gotta continue to, to move That's forward. That's right.
1: That's well, I have for people that want to learn more, I have links to, to um how to purchase your book. Um, your LinkedIn URL, and then um, your corporate website. Are those the best places for someone to follow you and learn
0: more? Yeah. And then uh, on uh, Twitter, it's uh, it's hashtag at V-I-N-N-Y-I-N-C at Vinny Inc. That's, uh, I got a college nickname called Vinny Incorporated because I was always a hustler. <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's uh, fortunately, unfortunately, stuck with me for 40 years.
1: I like that very much. Well, then, thank you so much.
0: It's an honor. and If there's anything I can ever do for you or your audience, uh, just hit me up on LinkedIn. I'll try to respond to everybody. That sounds great. You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online skim hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.